Welcome to Sticks and Taps, where the conversation is hockey and the keg is always cold. The games will be on soon, so let's step up to the bar, grab a pint, get into it. Your host, Paul Cuthbert and Liam McGuire. Slanta, fellas, and don't forget to pay your tabs. Ah, oh, shame, it's great to hear your voice again. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you and the family, sir, and to everybody out there listening. How's it going? It is... Wednesday, March 17, 2021. Welcome to Sticks and Taps. Patty Pauly here in the great state of New York in America. And let's say hello to our favorite Patty up in there in the great white north, Mr. Liam McGuire. Liam, happy St. Patsyosaur. Holy lifting, Polly, holy lifting, kid. Man, you're still kicking, eh? Can I have a sip of your pint? (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Right here. Oh, looks good. (laughs) All right, folks, you know, we're not doing this on video, but he's holding up a nice giant can of Molson Extra there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, How you doing, sir. buddy? Hanging in, man. Hanging in, grinding it out, you know, grinding it out here, trying to get through all this COVID crap. It seems like uh, not much changed since we last talked. It's hard to believe, man. A, a year ago, we did this show, and uh, there was no hockey on. There was nothing on. It was really... Right after um, it all shut down, you were supposed to be in Philly. In fact, you went in and turned right back around, didn't you? Yes, I did. The same day, yeah, I was in Philly and and uh, got the got the uh, got the news at eight thirty that morning that the the gig wasn't going to happen. And and then uh, as soon as the hotel bar opened, I went in, and then uh, Kelly Chase showed up. So <laughs> we we drank there. And then uh, Marcy showed up and picked me up because he knew I was just absolutely flipping. And so he drove me to a bar over on the Jersey side where we ran into uh, Glenn Cochran and uh, Ray Allison. (laughs) And everybody knew that this was it. It was getting shut down that night. So I caught the red eye out and and that was it. And here we are. So, yeah, it just sucks. But what what the hell are you going to do? It's all good. We're all healthy and uh, still hanging in there in our, you know, regards to everybody out there who's been affected by it and condolences, obviously, to anybody who's lost anything. So so here we are, man, doing a special little show. I know we've been off for quite a bit. Most of us, both of you and me, have been off busy uh, philandering and drinking and doing other things other than this show. But uh, we figured we'd have to fire this back up here today. So uh, um, let, let me ask you this, uh, obviously, in, as far as the hockey and, and me and you talk, and we had pretty much wrapped up before the new season came back, and I guess I'll just throw it at you right now real quick. What, what have you thought about the, the return to play here and this 56-game schedule and, and how it's wrapped up? And here we are, midway point of the season right now, Liam. Yeah, so almost ironic that we're, we're catching up today, as you said, appropriately so on St. Patrick's Day, especially for you and I, of all people, but... Um, in terms of the schedule being pretty much the midway point, pretty much for everybody, but really Dallas, <laughs> who have 17 games in hand on everybody. Wow. But um, uh, you know what? Uh, for one, I'm thankful we got the we got hockey. I mean, it's an unusual scenario with a baseball a baseball type of setup where you're playing two, three, even in some instances four games. I mean, uh, just recently saw a seven a seven game set between a couple teams just a few weeks ago. It's uh, um, it, it's crazy, right? It's crazy, but, uh, we got hockey. I'm giving everybody a mulligan. You know, I said this on my little, uh, zoom cast that I do there a couple times a week, Liam's hockey. Um, I said, I'm giving everybody a mulligan. I'm giving the players, I'm giving the teams like 
you look even in your own backyard there, Jabanajad with the Rangers uh, came out of COVID, and I don't think he's been himself really the whole year. And there's other guys. It's not just him. And and uh, having said that, I think we've had a lot of great hockey. We've had a lot, of, of course, the usual array of controversy, and and we've had uh, some physicality. You've had some fights. You've had some violence. Uh, we've had some fantastic plays. You've got pretty much, pretty much the usual suspects, as you would expect, based on what we knew out of the 31 teams going into this year. Sort of at the top. I would say the cream is mostly at the top. And uh, here we go. You know, we'll have the last half of this abbreviated COVID season, and, and we'll get four best of sevens, and there'll be a Stanley Cup awarded in 2021, just like there was in 2020. So me, so many people said there either shouldn't be or there wouldn't be, and there was, and we, I think we had, for the most part, a really good playoff, and I think we'll have it again. So overall, Paulie, uh, I'm a happy camper. Pretty good. What, what do you think of the chances of a parade up in Canada this year? Uh, slim and none. <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> You know, Slim's on a horse heading out of town. I mean, um, here's the thing. Come hell or high water, one of the Canadian teams is going directly to the semis. Do not pass go. <laughs> so, not that that's unusual. There's been a lot of Canadian teams in, in the semis in recent years. Most recently, uh, Winnipeg in 2018. And they may very well be the team. They're, I think they're the best team. Yeah, despite the fact that Toronto's leading the division. I think the Winnipeg Jets have the best team top to bottom. But, I mean, going, winning then a semifinal and, uh, and going to the final, whole, whole different kettle of fish. And I think a lot, what a lot of Canadian fans have conveniently forgot is that when the league shut down last year, everybody had played somewhere between 68 and 71 games. And the highest-ranked Canadian team at that time was Edmonton, who were ninth overall in the league. Like, you're not just going to go 12 months later and have three or four teams leapfrog into the top five, you know? <laughs> and it's so funny because a team will win a game, any Canadian team, outside of Toronto maybe, who have been pretty decent for the most part, although they've struggled late lately. But any Canadian team wins a game or two and maybe look okay doing it, but nobody's taking into account who the opposition is. Yeah. <laughs> They're just all crap teams, man. Like, really, they are. From top to bottom, they are. I mean, there's some good players, but you could say that about even the Buffalo Sabres have a couple of good players. I mean, it's, it's you fired their coach today. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's look, at, uh, at some point in time, a Canadian city will win the Stanley Cup again. What you still got basically every year, for the most part, is the team with the most Canadian-born players on it is still winning the Cup, largely. That's what it is. It was that way with St. Louis. It was that way with Tampa last year. It wasn't that way with Washington, but they were they were only marginally behind anybody. I mean, it's so... But if there's such a drive up here in the north of the 49th. Uh, it's got to be a Canadian city. Well, one, somebody this year's going right to the semis. So we'll see how they're making out by the time they get there. If they're healthy... And if they uh, if they're getting goaltending and specialty teams, maybe they can make some noise. But they better hope for a favorable matchup. But I don't know who's going to be that's favorable in any of the three American divisions because as much as they've all got some warts, fact is is that uh, the teams at the top of those divisions, particularly in the East, good luck. So it's going to be hell in a cell. But uh, hey, man, I'll take it. I don't care. Just give me hockey, and uh, I'm pretty happy just the fact we got any hockey at all, Paulie. Got, got you there, no doubt about it. So, look, a quick hit on your uh, Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, uh, 
big changes here as far as uh, coaching Claude Julian going and Coach Duchamp coming in there and, and obviously yeah. Stefan Waite being fired, Shawnee Burke coming in there. I know Bergevon was given the business the other day. He's going to be at a crossroads here as far as whether or not he's going to tinker with the team anymore. But maybe just a real uh, quick hit on uh, your favorite Habs there, buddy. Yeah, well, um, it's been a tale of two cities, really. I mean, they came flying out of the gate. I got sucked in and uh, wrote a couple things that I'm regretting now. <laughs> you? No, come on! <laughs> I know, I know, far be it for me to fly off a handle, I'll tell you what, boy. But uh, um, I, I, I wrote at, um, at one point there, 10, uh, 8, 9, 10 games in, I said, I uh, haven't seen a Montreal team, which at this time, I, I, I don't regret saying it, but I regret why I said it. I got caught up in the fact that they beat a Pittsburgh team in the bubble last year, who were so disinterested, they could not wait to get out of there. And then they, they played a decent round against Philly, but they still lost. And they lost in six games. So big freaking deal. And they came flying out of the gate with two great acquisitions, Toffoli and Anderson, who have been their two best offensive players, for mm-hmm. sure. And um, But here we are. Uh, they're, uh, they're right now kind of nip and tuck, hanging on to that fourth spot. Of course, it's really tight uh, outside of Toronto, and people have been gaining ground on them, so we'll see. Quick comment on them. Look, I, I think they'll make the playoffs. Could they still make some noise? Yeah, but noise in what? No, noise in the North Division. It's, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like saying uh, you made last call, but on the menu is only, uh, you only can have a, a quick shot, then you got to go. Like, you can't, like, it's it's just, it's, uh, they're, they've, they've played okay. They were a great start, then abysmal bunch of games. And they've played okay since the coaching change. And Carey Price has been better. Really, they go as far as, they, as he will. But overall, um, you know, they've fallen back into, sadly, a lot of the same routines. To a degree. I mean, the power play has struggled. They scored one last game. They got a big win against Winnipeg two nights ago. They got him again tonight. And you got to get at least a point tonight. You have to. Have to get at least another point tonight, if not two. If you lose... You really just give away what you gained last game. And that, that's the thing about the teams that are struggling either to get into a playoff spot or make the playoffs. Now, eventually, the Daryl Sutter bump here is going to wear off on Calgary. Maybe even tonight. They play Edmonton again. And they're 3-0 and with Daryl. Well, the, the Habs under Ducharme started pretty good, too. So we'll see how it goes. But um, I'd say Montreal right now, if I gave them a, a, a grade poly, the halfway mark of the season, I'd give them a B. You know, okay. I'd give them a B, a B to a B minus. I, 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 I mean, they, they're all in seven in extra time. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like even as recently as two weeks ago, you had Shea Weber and, and Sherratt out there in overtime. Like if you, wait, what the hell? Like if, if you can't figure it out that you don't put a couple of Titanics out there in overtime when you really need a speedboat to win the race. Oh, no, let's just throw this four-ton boat out there to get from A to B in, in, in liquid fast time. No, you know? And, and there still seems to be. They're only now, the last, the last time that they went into extra time, which, of course, they lost again, that they finally figured out a little bit. you got to reset, man. If you're playing three-on-three, three, it's all about possession, you come back. If you don't see what you like, you turn around and you come back. And if somebody's tired, they get their butt off. So you keep players fresh. Look at how Ottawa lost the other night. 
in in uh, in overtime to Vancouver. They totally dominated the Canucks. Thomas Shabbat, who's a stud, who's playing like 97 minutes a night, and he played all of OT. He goes for a line change because you could see his lung was going to come out of his mouth. That's how tired he was. He goes for a line change because Vancouver's got the puck, and JT Miller goes in and scores. You got to play it smart, man. And the Habs have not played it smart. They have not been coached smart. They have not played it smart. And that's inexcusable in 2021. Some of the mistakes they are making are inexcusable. Having said that, I give them a B minus to a B. And uh, with a lot of promise still, like Pierre Lebrun said on, uh, on TSN there a few nights ago, this is shaping up to be a turtle race. <laughs> in Montreal... Um, Edmonton and Calgary for the, you know, for a couple spots there in the north. So we'll see. But um, anyway, onward, and onward. Uh, I'll be watching tonight <laughs> in and amongst a uh, hundred drinks, and um, looking forward to it. I'll be looking forward to the tweet storm later, my friend. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, so look, we got a quick show today, so we're not going to bop around on too many t- uh, subjects here, but we definitely got to talk about uh, Ovi here and one of our favorite guys, Esposito. Ovi hitting the 717, uh, 18, and breaking the mark and uh, getting his 1,300 point there. So just a little comment on, on Ovi and, and obviously Espo. Yeah, you know, I was watching that game last night, and I can't remember the uh, Islanders' uh, right D, but... On the power play, he had him marked for like the first minute, and I saw him do it on the first power play as well. I'm trying to think who it was, Paulie, and I can not sure if you watched it or not. I but, saw the um, highlight. I can't remember the, the. I know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah. Well, the, like you know me, man. I, I try. I try not to memorize any of the Icelanders players' names. You know what I'm saying? As a Ranger fan, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, I thought it was so neat because. Um, here's Ovi, who scored his 718th goal last night and was like the 715th from that position. Like every single person on the planet Earth who's a hockey fan knows where he's shooting from, and yet it seems to have been indefensible for 16 years, you know? Yeah. It's unfreaking believable. And last night, they were marking him, like so much so that it virtually was not even worthwhile to put a pass over there to him. But all of a sudden, second minute of the power play... They just gave him 20 feet. They throw the pass over. I don't know if it was Oshi or Baxter or whoever. I think it was Oshi. Anyways, put it up on a tee. And this and he hammers it home and he passes Espo. So good on him. Look, I, I wrote it uh I wrote it uh, about um uh where are we? March. I I I wrote it at some point a few months ago. To me right now, Paulie, he's the greatest goal scorer in NHL history mm-hmm. over a career. I, I held on to Mike Bossy as humanly possibly long as I could. I mean, Mike Bossy played 10 seasons, had nine straight 50-goal seasons, and then a 37-goal season, had to retire the bad back. And his goals per game and everything else, he was young and he retired. You could speculate, would he have scored another 50 that year? For sure. No doubt. He played full season. He would have made it 10. Maybe the next year he makes it 11. Maybe he goes on. But what I wrote was, at some point, point in time we have to acknowledge Ovi for what he has continued to do mm-hmm. it's not his fault that he didn't have a career ending injury after 10 seasons he has continued through season 11 12 13 14 15 he's won eight rocket recharge trophies eight or nine like at some point in time 
you have to say this is the greatest goal scorer that we've ever seen in NHL history. Great, natural, pure goal scorer. Like people say, well, how do you take away from Gretzky? At 92 goals, he's got 894, he had four 70-goal seasons. Okay, I get that. So let's quantify it. Let's qualify it. The greatest, pure, natural, one-time goal scorer in NHL history, which is what Bossy was and Brad Hall and, and, and go down the line, right? Anybody else, it would be Rocket Richard, Bobby Hull. Uh, the, the, anybody that would be in that top five or six discussion, of which yeah. there are five or six guys going really back to the Rocket, I mean, it gets a little, you go before 1940, it just brings into all, all sorts of other, just the rules and everything. You want to go Joe Malone and, you know, go down that road, Howie Morenz, whatever. But from the Rocket up, I got I got OV all day. And uh, <clears throat> passing Espo, the irony, a little bit, a little bit of irony. OV, as you may know, Paulie, is Russian. <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh, Alex. Yeah, imagine. I know. Alexander. <laughs> now, I wish I had a vodka. I'd take a shot for him right now. But, uh, you know, uh, Phil Esposito, among the many, many things, he, uh, he's always going to be noted for is his play in the Summit Series in 72. Yep. Beating the when Russians. We beat, uh, we beat the Russians. And he was the best player on the ice on both teams. And and uh, so it's kind of ironic in that sense. But Phil beat that irony years ago when his late daughter married uh, Selimanov. And... <laughs> and uh, Selimanov's parents came over from Russia. Did you ever hear this story? No, man. Selimanov's parents came over from Russia to meet Esposito for the first time because their son, who was playing in the NHL for Tampa, was going to marry Phil Esposito's daughter. Now, Phil Esposito is an Italian-Canadian from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, which means basically he can outdrink three-quarters of the civilized world. <laughs> and... uh Selivanov's parents came in, and in broken English, the first thing he said to Phil was, I hate you for 72. Uh, <laughs> that's how the conversation awesome. started. And his son married Phil's daughter. So they sat down at the kitchen table, and after they had a nice dinner and everything, and the two dads said, all right, let's get it on here, big boy. And, and they started pile driving the drinks back. And Selavanov's old man started giving it to Phil. And Phil said, okay, you know what? F you. Enough's enough. We took your crap for 28 days. We took you bugging our hotel rooms, making our late-night phone calls, uh, uh, taking our practice time, stealing our food, stealing our beer, and they bought and paid the referees in Game 8, and we still kicked your ass. Now <laughs> shut up and take your drink. And, and they went at it, and eventually, of course, Espo ended up carrying Selavanov up into bed, oh, tossed him goodness. into bed like a sack <laughs> of wet potatoes, and said, take that and shove it up your 1972 arse. <laughs> and and uh, that was a great, great story. Anyway, awesome. I digress. Uh, Espo sent Ovi a real nice note. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you heard that or not, but um, Espo is, in, in respect to hockey circles, is total, total class. And uh, that was a really classy thing to do. So there you go. Yeah, big, big thing for Ovi, for sure. Awesome stuff and a great story. All right, pal, let's get to the Irish stuff. Let's, uh, we, we, we have to bring this up. It's always the anniversary of the Great Rocket Riot. So yeah. uh, give everybody a quick reminder on that, and then we'll get into uh, maybe an Irish toast here and an Irish memory before we say goodbye with an Irish song. All right. Well, uh, 1955, geez, what is that? 60, 
66 years ago. It can it be? It is. It's 66 years ago. Uh, Rocket Richard Riot. So on March 13th in Boston, four days earlier, he gets in a fight and uh, with a Bruin defenseman named Hal Laco, who had glasses. And Laco had previously been with the Habs. They knew each other. It didn't matter. Anyways, the one thing that set the Rocket off in those days was if he saw his own blood. And he got cut, saw his own blood. He went nuts on Laco, swinging, fight, <clears throat> grabs a stick, breaks away the linesman, breaks the stick over Laco. Grabs Laco's stick, breaks that stick over him. Now it's a line brawl. Everybody's going. Rocket's going nuts. Linesman Cliff Thompson grabs him from behind, tackles him. Rocket thinks it's another player, turns around, drops Thompson, gets kicked out of the game, match penalty, and uh, Clarence Campbell suspended him yesterday uh, at the anniversary 66 years ago on March 16th. Montreal's playing Detroit. St. Patrick's Day in Montreal on a Saturday night. <laughs> Is that a good <laughs> what time? What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? You've just suspended the most <laughs> the most electrifying out-of-control player at that point in hockey history <laughs> in Montreal. They're in a dogfight, fight Detroit for first place. Rockets suspended. Uh Canadian fans show up. They're already pretty ornery. I'm sure a thousand of them well, well oiled. And uh, it all started. Clarence Campbell uh, shows up, president of the NHL, shows up with his secretary. He was really his girlfriend. He tried to hide it. Everybody, and he ended up marrying her. It doesn't matter. All good. Years ago. And uh, shows up fashionably late, as he always did, and took his seat. Crowd went nuts. And then uh, the set two moment, Paulie was this this uh, kid, like guy 23, 24, in a black leather jacket, walked up the aisles and put his hand out, pretending he was going to shake Campbell's hand. And as soon as Campbell put his hand out, the kid just drilled him right between the eyes, just smoked him. And it was on, right? I mean, then the smoke bomb started, and uh, the crowd just went nuts. Of course, Montreal police had to come in, Rescue Campbell and his, and his secretary slash girlfriend. Get them out of there. Set the crowd off even more. Next thing you know, there's smoke all over the building. Crowd are steaming out. They can't breathe. They can't see. They walk right into the mob that had assembled outside, just waiting for the spark to set them off, which came momentarily later, momentarily later when they announced on the um, PA that the uh, game would be forfeited to the Detroit Red Wings, who were leading 4-1 to at the time, and the game would be forfeited, and Montreal would lose the game. Boom, it was on. And then it was just absolute mayhem outside until the wee hours, and dozens and dozens of arrests and hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage uh, up and down St. Catherine Street. The pictures are online for anybody. And uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day of all days, kind of ironic. Rocket Richard had to go on radio. Next day, he went on radio and TV in Montreal, pleading, pleading for the populace to, uh, to calm down. Please, no more violence. No more trouble. I'll take my punishment, and I will come back next year and help the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. And for the next five years, that's exactly what they did. They won the cup five years in a row after that. And the and the team they beat in the nineteen fifty-six Stanley Cup finals was the Detroit Red Wings. Unbelievable. So it's um it's quite a story. And our local guys this morning here in Ottawa, in Ottawa Radio, who do a this day in hockey, 
uh, talked about a couple Ottawa Senators things in the 1930s and blew right up to the, the 90s or 2000s. Didn't even give it a mention. Not a mention. Didn't no. even give it a mention. Don Rodenberg. Well, that's why very, you're here, Liam. Very, very, very disappointed, <laughs> JR. He's a friend of mine. I can say this. Very, very disappointed, JR, that you wouldn't talk about uh, about uh, Rockets Riot today, the most infamous moment in NHL history. Well, anyway. mate, when we send this up later, make sure you tag him, okay? <laughs> I will. You give me the time. Uh, give me the time link that uh, that I mentioned his name in in uh, disparagingly as much as I didn't, and uh, just say, "Holy lifting, for God's sake!" You know, get me on there, and I'll light that show up. Yeah. Oh. See, maybe they maybe that's what they're afraid of, Liam. <laughs> oh, they are, of course. Said that for years. Too opinionated. Too knowledgeable. And just way too good looking. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeez. Even for radio. I'm wearing sunglasses here, folks. He's so good looking. I can't I can't look at him without them. All right, buddy. We don't know uh, if we're going to uh, remember anything after tonight. Uh, yeah. A few St. Patrick's Day memories remain alive in our heads. But um, can, you, can you think of one, maybe quick one, before we uh, head on to the toast here? Well, uh, my God, uh, there's so many that I've done with family over the years and friends over the years. I guess if I had to say one thing, my my late father, as you know, and your relatives and everything else that are from Ireland, I'm going to think of them when I do this toast right now. Uh, definitely my dad, for sure, on a personal, on a personal note. And uh, my mom's from a village north of Quebec City called Stoneham. And, uh, there, there's a bunch of, of communities that were settled in and around the potato famine, Polly. And by Irish settlers in the 1840s, 1830s, 1840s, 1850s. And there's another adjoining village, not too many miles away, called Shannon. And they do, um, they did for years a massive St. Patrick's Day show. And uh, we attended it a bunch of years in the 1980s. And I can tell you, um, that would be one of my highlights for sure, because the music was, as, uh, as Springsteen would sing, uh, the music was sublime. <laughs> and and uh, it, was just, it was just awesome. And I got so many St. Patrick's Day memories, but I'll leave it at that. And I'm just thankful for all the times I've had with family and friends over the years on March 17th. It's, um, it's an important day for my heritage, and I, I know for yours as well. And yes. so we, we should champion it. You and I always have in our friends here the time that we've been together. So I think it's really awesome. We've got a few minutes here to do a quick sticks and taps. No doubt about it. Yes, good stuff, man. Yeah, I just like I said, I, I will, uh, you know, exact the same sentiments as you. It's all about great memories and where we come from and, and how we've been raised and as far as the Irish culture and the friendships and the sing songs and all that other stuff. So lots of great memories, and uh, there's still no better pint than a pint over in Dublin, I'll tell you that much. So I miss it no. so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, uh, all right, so we'll do the Irish toast, and then you'll tell everybody about the Irish song we're going to go out to, which we, we did so many times during the, uh, the when the hockey was down and the COVID. And yeah. We can't thank the fans enough. Uh, the feedback was great and all the downloads and everything else. We really appreciate it. So uh, I'll just do the quick. My Irish toast, obviously, is to our moms and dads who reared yeah. us and, and uh, came over here from Ireland and gave us the great lives that we had here and got us started and going on that and all of our families, friends, and Family, friends, and relations who are no longer with us, my uncles and aunts uh, who've all uh, you know, moved on and so on and so forth, and all my mates and friends and relations as well. Uh, just have a great, safe day today. And uh, up the dubs and up all Ireland. And uh, I'd also like to, my Irish toast today will also be to uh, 
Mr. Uh, Walter Gretzky, too, who we lost, too. I know who you knew yourself yeah. as well, too. So I didn't want us to close out the show today without thinking of him and the Gretzky family. Oh, very classy of you, my friend. And, yeah, we'll, we'll throw Walter in there as well. I will echo your sentiment. You couldn't have said it better uh, to uh, family and friends. As I said, I, I'll, I'll, I'll really, really acknowledge my my late father and uh, certainly think of him uh, not only on his birthday every year, but on March 17th every year. And, and uh, so that's that's near and dear to my heart and and all family and friends and and, and everybody else. And it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great day for that. It's my son's birthday tomorrow. You know, uh, he's going to be, yeah, Rory, Rory Patrick McGuire is going to be 25. Raise a point for him now. (laughs) He will be raising, I guarantee you that. (laughs) He's no stranger to a drink in his hand. (laughs) So it's an early birthday toast to my son. And uh, obviously, as I said, thank you, Walter Gretzky, great man. He's passed now a couple weeks. And, uh, and of course, all the Irish, anybody listening, whether you are, or you have no connection, but it's a special day, March 17th. So we toast you all and to your to your uh, good health, especially during these crazy COVID times. Slanta, get it in you. And to you, Mr. McGuire. Cheers to you, my friend. <laughs> Miss doing this with you, buddy. Cheers to you, Polly. Great stuff. That was a good shot of Jameson right there. Oh, man. I can see it. My bottle's empty here, so I can't join you. (laughs) All right, pal. As we do, like old times, give us a a little word on the Irish song we're going to go out with tonight. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I was thinking after I sent it to you, uh, the town I love so well. Um, It's a great song, and and it's funny because you asked me about St. Patrick's Day's memories, and the the town of Shannon that had them uh, used to have a regular singer there. Donna King. I actually took her out for a little while in the late 80s. We've remained great friends and um, just an absolutely fabulous musician and singer. She's played in numerous bands and she would do this song at the Shannon Show. It's one of the first times I ever heard it. And uh, you know what? It was written by a guy in Belfast, Polly, during the Troubles. And it really is one of those songs that they say can unite both the Protestants and the Catholics, and I think today in this crazy world, it was one of the ones, I mean, look, I could have picked any one of the Clancy Brothers hardcore singing tunes, and which we played before, and, and they all fit, Yep. but, uh, uh, you know, what I always said, my late dad, he, he hated on St. Patrick's Day when we'd go someplace, and if, if they played Black Velvet Band, or when Irish Eyes Are Smiling, or Danny Boy, all that, he called it pseudo-Irish BS, you know? And, and uh, like, Danny Boy wasn't even written by an Irishman. The guy who wrote it never even went to Ireland. Never even was from Ireland, never went to Ireland. Like, but it's been lumped in as an Irish tune. And the other ones, you just, you know, country show tunes. Look, they got their place. They're good songs. They're lots of fun. And people love listening to them and dancing to them. But my dad, a little bit more traditionalist. I went kind of, I've grown up that way myself. The town I love so well really, I think, unites the troubles, which are largely gone, thank God. And, and uh, so I, I thought... On St. Patrick's Day, ah, we'd roll with that one. I think you're gonna you're gonna uh, play one as well. That's gonna be on our, our our pod here, right? Yeah, well, we're definitely gonna go with that one. I love the choice too. I mean, there's, I mean, my top three obviously is is this one and and Dirty Old Town, which I love. Uh, yeah, another song that I perform too as well. And then, um, you know, uh, Rare Old Times again would be another great. Yeah, you, you, you can't beat yeah. it. You cannot beat the. Rare. And I was thinking that, but we had played it. Yep. So I was trying to come up with something that we hadn't done before because. 
My friend, by the way, Rob Drapeau, who listens every time, when every time we post a pod, he, he texts me. He was the first guy to text me this morning uh, to wish me a happy St. Patrick's Day. And he said, you know, you and Polly should somehow figure out a way to get all the songs that we had acknowledged in yeah. Sticks and Taps and, and have them sort of accessible as a, what am I trying to say? As a um, collection. Yeah, we can put yeah, like a collection. greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that, you know, because we we picked a lot of beauties, man, and 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 the history behind some of them was was spectacular, I think, and and the stories and everything that we had, and and uh, anyway, I thought I thought it was a really interesting thought by him. So, but uh, the town I love so well, uh, dirty old town, Dublin, the rare old times, uh, it just it just doesn't get any better, and and you throw in a couple of the uh, you know. Um, uh, whiskey you're the devil and and uh you know you're 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 off and running man yeah no there's way too many but that's a, a fantastic choice and uh one that's close to me too because we all know about the old sing song and you know i was raised on that stuff and and town i love so well was always in that package with a sing song around the house or the pub and stuff so i think it's a it's a fantastic choice and i love it and we will definitely We'll uh, wrap up the show with that song as we go out. So before me and Liam say goodbye, uh, a happy St. Patrick's to everybody. Thanks to all the fans who uh, have hit us up here when they heard we were doing the show today. And and please, God, God willing, we'll get the show back on a regular basis down the road. We're working on it one way or the other. But um, happy St. Patrick's Day from uh, myself here and everyone here in New York up the dubs. And Liam, you get the last word before we go out. Go on. Hey, listen, anybody who's uh, chimed in again here, I should say, to listen to us, like Polly just said, in any way, shape, or form, we really appreciate it. Everybody stay safe, be well, enjoy this Irish national holiday, and we'll talk to you soon, God willing. G'day. Of all the songs I've written, this is the one I'd like to be remembered for. It's my story, but it's also the story of Derry, the town I loved so well. In my memory, I will always see the town.
bright, brand new day in the town I love.